I don't know where people got the idea that characters in books are supposed to be likable. Books are not in the business of creating merely likable characters with whom you can have some simple identification with. Books are in the business of creating great stories that make your brain go, John Green. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. I hope you liked that opening I giggled. I giggled when we put it in our notes. I giggled when when you said it today. I was definitely giggling. So today's episode is about character voice, defining how a character talks, how they think differently from the rest of the characters. Because when you have character voice, it needs to be distinct for each character. Yeah. One of the bits of advice that I see out there that I don't necessarily agree with is to only have the book from one character's point of view. Yeah. Yes, that was true 150 years ago, but we've since gotten film, and therefore I think audiences are more capable of keeping track of multiple plot lines at once. I mean, just look at Game of Thrones, yeah. Brandon Sanderson books. Witcher. Yeah, they're all sorts of different perspectives that tie in together eventually. And readers can follow along seamlessly. So getting character voice is more than just the dialogue. It's how they think, the things that they notice, what happens around them. It's their past that defines what they're going to be doing, their actions. And a little bit also on the point of view. Because your voice is going to be slightly different between first person, third person, second person. Second person being by far the most difficult. And most rare. First person is defined as I, me, my. You're seeing it as if the storyteller is the person writing this story down. You will see a lot of first person and first person present tense. We'll talk about present past tense in a minute. First person in young adult. You see a lot of the, I went out and I took my bow and I saved the world. Sometimes you'll see that in romance as well, because there's an intimacy that comes with first person. When I am writing, if a character is in first person, it's mostly in lieu of naming that character. Other characters might know this character's name, but if their name changes throughout the story, then I use first person the entire time. One main reason for using first person is so that the reader feels like they are the main character, which is one reason why it is so popular in young adult fiction, because that age of readers want to be in the story because real life sucks. Yeah, they're just figuring that out at that point. We're going to skip second person. We're going to come back to it in a minute. Third person is by far your most common. And that's the he, she, they. These are the events that unfolded around all of these characters. The storyteller kind of takes a bit of a backseat in a way, but it's the most common throughout storytelling, especially today. You're going to see a lot of third person. This is especially important in stories where you are hopping from point of view from a character to another character to another character. Game of Thrones-esque. 
each of those different sections that are told from a different character need to have a different feel. But it is really, really hard to have those differences if you're writing from first person perspective and then trying to hop from point of views. Yeah, and it can get very confusing for the reader because all of the characters are then officially named I. And, okay, which I am I looking at right now? So if you are head hopping, which I do in my stories all the time, if you are head hopping, make sure you have a scene break. You have at least a line break in there to sort that, okay, now we're switching points of view. The other thing I will do is I will make sure that the first name mentioned is the character from whose point of view the scene is written. It helps set the perspective in the reader's mind easier. There are two types of third person. There's limited third person, so Harry Potter, where we're not seeing from Harry Potter's perspective technically. It's not I, me, but we really only notice and see what Harry Potter sees. And he dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Then you have third person omniscient, which is kind of your Narnia, where it's being told from a third person narrator. And there's actually a narrator character that knows everything about the world. So that narrator will hint about other things, regardless of whose perspective we're seeing in the story at the time. And this limited versus omniscient is pretty unique to third person. You aren't going to see omniscient first person as much. I wrote something that almost qualifies because he's looking back on that and he will say, I later learned this person's name was this so that we can just address her as this from now on. And Narnia is almost there as well. Because again, there is that narrator character who occasionally talks in first person, but not always. You're going to see a lot more of your omniscient in your nonfiction of somebody who's done a lot of research on Babe Ruth and then is writing a biography on Babe Ruth. This happened, then this happened. You're looking at it from a distance, from a different kind of perspective, instead of from Babe Ruth's perspective. So we skipped second person. We're going to go back to that now. This is almost impossible to write in. It's like I've seen like three successful versions of second person. And by second person, I mean the main character is you, the audience member. You go down the hall. You look left. There's a chest. You do this. You do that. You'll see this in some of the choose-your-own-adventure type books. Mm -hmm. Um, So the old Goosebump books. (laughs) Probably the most common storytelling that uses you, the second person's perspective, is D&D. Dungeons & Dragons, RPG, tabletop-style games. You step down into this dungeon and the floor is covered in sewer water. It smells terrible. You notice a body lying in the middle of the pool. One of the most effective uses in storytelling that I've seen in second person is actually the TV show Burn Notice. And it's a mix of first person and second person. And he does a voiceover narration. And it's often when you're a spy, you learn to work with the resources you have. So he's speaking in second person with a first person perspective. It's an interesting play with that. So if you want homework, go watch Burn Notice. So when you are deciding which 
point of view to use, whether it's first, third, or second person, you just kind of have to experiment. What feels natural? What kind of story are you telling? What is your goal for the readers in this story? We mentioned earlier, we see a lot of past tense in present tense. Present tense being this is happening as compared to past tense, which is I saw this happen. Most of your young adult first person fiction is present tense. I see this and I'm going there. So a couple examples in YA fiction that use first person present would be the Hunger Games books, the Divergent series. They're all written in first person present. So making that choice between first person, second person, third person, present or past tense sets the tone for your entire book and allows you to access the reader in a different way. So as you're writing, I encourage you to experiment. We do this a lot in our writing club where write your short story in second person this time. There's no teacher like yourself. We say that all the time. We're going to say it again this time. But experimenting helps you teach yourself about how you tell your story. A member of our writing club wrote third person past tense for a very long time, experimented with first person present because she writes YA, and now has written five or six books since then that are all in first person present because she discovered that's what she likes. Another thing that can help is if you're trying to figure out how to write different voices is write from non-human characters. You know, write from the perspective of that toaster or whatever. Dog, alien. One of my favorite characters that I've created is actually an android. And so she's very linear in her thinking, whereas you, the reader, understand what they're saying. She's understanding only the definition of each word that comes out of their mouths. It's a very different point of view to see this story unfold. One fun example of this is in... Our short stories bonus episode that we released in October, one of our writing group members had the story written from the perspective of a chicken. Mm -hmm. You don't really realize that it's a chicken until the end. Yes. And it's hilarious. I love it so much. (laughs) You can also try writing from a silent character's perspective. Somebody who can't speak or doesn't speak for some reason. How do they communicate with the world? And you're going to find yourself writing subtext a lot more after you've figured out how to write conversations without dialogue. And I don't mean sign language. I I do sign. I consider those words that is language. I suck at charades because I want to sign everything. When you're writing a silent character, they're the ones noticing more about what's going on in the room because they're not busy talking. And of course... If you're defining a character, how they speak, what perspective you're going to be using, develop the character first. Who are they? What are their motivations? What drives them? What do they feel most? You know, are they a rational person? Are they an emotional person? Do they try to always think logically? That will all determine how your character speaks, how you write their perspective You build them from the inside out. I think the best thing you can do for yourself when telling these stories is to look inside yourself, find out what you have fun doing, 
what you have fun writing, what you have fun reading. That experimentation process. Yes. And to do that, you always have to write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>